Hello and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Jess and this is the podcast where I talk about life's toughest topics with lots of different brilliant people. Today's episode is called Let's Talk About Race. I'll be joined by Christian Cox, a Detroit native living in Atlanta. She is a young black woman and I'm a young white woman and together we'll be diving into a very real, honest and deep conversation about what it's like to live in our generation with experiences of racism, privilege and what it means to carry our ancestral history. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Christian, welcome to the show. Hi, Jess. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am good. You look very beautiful today. Thank you, baby. Although no one else can see you, I can. <laughs> I'll just enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you for coming all the way up. I know you had a bit of a drive, but this is, to me, one of the most important episodes I'll ever do because you're the person that made me want to do this in the Aww. first place. Thank you. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I remember sitting with you and we happened to just dive into this really deep conversation about race and it was in that moment that I said, that's it, I have to do this podcast because I thought about it for a long time. And I remember I actually bought the equipment when I was at your apartment yeah. and I said, I'm going <laughs> to do this. And I figured out the name. So you're an incredibly important guest for me. Thank you. So sweetie. thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So I think it's really important that we acknowledge that this is a this is a real big topic that we're talking about the whole premise of the podcast is let's be honest and all of the episodes are really you know heavy hitting topics of things that people have to deal with in life but I think this one is particularly charged because it's a issue that our country is dealing with so heavily right now and that is the topic of race so I think we have a real responsibility to be honest and what I love about our friendship and our relationship is that we could be seen as coming from two sides you know being two different races but yet we have such a beautiful united front so I think this is really amazing so we're just going to have the the premise of being honest and responsible you know to the truth so we'll start by talking about our recent trip you and I took a trip to Alabama and we went to the National Lynching Museum and the what was it called the the museum was called the Legacy the, the Legacy Museum. Yeah. That was what it was, sorry. And it was incredible. And I, I know that we talked about wanting to do that, and we actually did it, didn't we? We actually it did beautiful, it. beautiful, right. And it was beautiful because we are here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's a drive. Mm-hmm. Not only is it a drive, but you have to mentally prepare yourself to do that, not only with yourself, but with someone of a different race, you right. know? So... I thank you for going with me. Um, Mm -hmm. I thank you for just handling that journey very well. You had a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. and um, you were very open, and so was I. I appreciate that. It was was new for me Mm -hmm. to be in the South at 26 and see a piece of our history that that we don't witness. Right. Um, unfold the way that it did for those hours we probably were there for maybe five to six hours Mm -hmm. and each of those hours were powerful Mm -hmm. um i appreciate the young man that we met Mm -hmm. um he was the manager um and he gave us a little more history and he said he went to historical black college and i was very honored to meet him Mm -hmm. in the space that i did and even standing right next to you you know we did not feel 
inferior. We did not feel like we couldn't question things. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that, you know, and it opened up a lot of questions for me Mm -hmm. going forward, even though I learned this in history class. But at this age, it's teaching me so much Mm. it's teaching me so much so well i so appreciate it as well and anybody who doesn't know it you know we drove to alabama that's where it's located and i remember before we went out you know leading up to it and then especially during just driving through alabama which has such a reputation for being this backwards you know state Um, with a lot of prejudiced people. And that's no disrespect to anybody from Alabama, but that's what I had had it in my mind as. Um, You know, a lot of scary things have happened there, you know, especially during the civil rights movement and that, you know, incredibly, you know, tough time in history. That was a place where a lot of bad things went down. So I was nervous to even drive through it, Yeah. you know, and I was nervous for a lot of different reasons. I was nervous... because of just the people you know we talked about before and i know we'll go into today that you know the white skin privilege card that so many people get to swipe and and they never think about what life would be like if they didn't have it which happens to be what life is like for everyone who doesn't have it yeah um so it it was many different things it was you know the people who I thought I might run into for my own sake of just not wanting to be around anybody that was prejudiced. I didn't want to see anything that was horrible. So I just was nervous for my own sake. I, in my own mind, was scared for you of being in the car and just, you know, with everything going on with the police force, I was like, you know, what if we get pulled over? What if something happens? And it was all questions I didn't know how to think about and confront. I didn't know if I should be feeling nervous. It was just a whole like, oh my gosh, we're going to go into this experience head on and to have shared it with someone who's just so you know honestly I don't know anybody as gracious and wise and amazing as you like you are just such a one of a kind but it was incredible to go into this experience going "Mm, okay I've got a lot of questions I've got a lot of uncertainty but I'm with somebody who's a safe person and there's so many times and I said to you I want to go into this and I want to learn like school me if I get something wrong or if I say something that's ignorant or out of place I, I want you to correct me and I want you to teach me because I'm so interested in moving forward and developing so I think what you and I experienced was so powerful and special because there is this topic of race and there is this you know weight between you know the two sides and so many people don't talk about it because they're afraid of what the conversation is going to be what they're going to get into is it going to be met with hostility you know so to go with somebody and for it to be said, and you and I actually said it, but there was also this unspoken calm between us of, look, whatever comes up, comes up, and we'll deal with it with love and grace. That, to me, was the most amazing thing. And I appreciate you saying that because I had to learn, being here in Georgia, that people will prefer to be silent mm-hmm. than speak out. Mm-hmm. And not saying speak out have to be like a rageful conversation you know it doesn't have to be that it's sharing opinions that the opposite side or the opposing side may not be aware of um i was on the debate debate team since third grade so learning that you can debate with somebody or you can have a conversation with somebody and you can still break bread with them at lunchtime Mm -hmm. going to class with them still have great communication with someone even though you guys may not agree or 
they may not have heard your side yet. And I feel with racism or with colorism, period, Mm -hmm. it's the neglect of us being vocal Mm -hmm. and actually going down there and experiencing the thousands on thousands of names that were hanging from these pillars, basically, um, with different counties that were okay with lynching people. And we found out that the lynchings didn't just mean hanging from a tree. That meant burning them alive, beating them to death. That was a number of horrific things that were done to a group of people just because of their skin. So when we look at that and also look at the dates, because we've seen some dates from like 1863, But then you'll turn a corner and see some dates from 1963. Mm -hmm. And that's the topic of conversation we need to have. Mm -hmm. How could 40 years change a whole country? Mm -hmm. It couldn't. Mm -hmm. That means we have suppressed so many voices Mm -hmm. in this country to where now 40 years is just no lynching. 40 years is just nothing. But saying when we went to the museum, do you remember that screen? It was like a a highlights and, you know, recent news screen. And it said a young black man was found today in Mississippi lynched, hung from a tree. So there is this, this mindset that I think a lot of people have is like, oh, that was in the past. Let's move forward. Why can't black people get over it? Because it's still happening. Right. That's why. Right. And even if it wasn't, let's say it never happened again and suddenly every person of prejudice didn't have those feelings anymore. Guess what? It happened. And gosh, you want to go down the, the rabbit hole of generational and ancestral trauma and things being passed down through DNA. And not even that, but that there are people who are still alive who experienced it. Right. You know, it's like it's not just this thing that oh, well, it's it's back in the past. Why don't you just move on from it? Because, A, it's still happening, so it's not in the past, and there are people who are still living with the trauma of it. And, and I know a lot of people have taken history because it's a requirement in school. And in our United States of America history book, we speak about Germany, we speak about the concentration camps, we speak about the horror of those years which was 1945 mm-hmm. um i want to say 1939 to 1945 which is not a long span that's a couple or six years mm-hmm. <clears throat> you go over the time frame that slavery was legal in mm-hmm. america from the time frame i guess slavery was abolished on paper mm-hmm. and then to the time frame that they actually had Jim Crow laws, then segregation. All to me, I feel like it is very hypocritical of the American society to say, "Oh, it happened, but whatever." Mm-hmm. But we'll actually teach our kids that Hitler is this horrible person. It's so many mm-hmm. names that's on these streets here in Georgia, on the streets back in Detroit. If you look up that family family history, their grandfathers, their father fathers were horrible people just like Hitler. Right. 
we don't get to that level of mm-hmm. honesty here mm-hmm. in America because they don't want to feel like their privilege has to be taken taken from them. Right. And it's not saying that it does. It's saying going forward, that's just like if Hitler had a son and his son had a son. Mm-hmm. Going forward, what are you doing? You're a man, mini Hitler or mm-hmm. are you trying to be better? Are you trying mm-hmm. to be greater? So to me, I feel like people are hiding behind the fact that their granddads or their mothers, because mm-hmm. it's some crazy women out there too mm-hmm. that has set the tone for just this ignorant bliss mm-hmm. of America so do you want to be that or do you want to move forward in a positive way mm-hmm. and I think that's on both ends on all ends because mm-hmm. black and white is not the only face of America anymore correct I don't think people get that mm-hmm. I don't think that simmer into people's spirits Do you mean that there's multiple races that make up the the, the cauldron? Yeah, absolutely. It's multiple races, and not only that, that means it's multiple opinions. Mm -hmm. And if we are feeding to them what we want them to hear, they will not respect Mm -hmm. actually the ground that made up America. Mm -hmm. That means when I speak with someone that, um, say for instance, if they're from North Korea, Mm -hmm. they talk to me like they don't know black history. Mm. That makes my skin crawl mm. because it's like, what school did you go to? You you said you've been in America for how many years? Fifteen years. You They're don't know at, black this is history. Them you. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't know black history. Mm. When I speak to a Hispanic, you've been in Georgia basically your whole life. Your grandparents moved you here. Your grandmother, your mom, they don't know black history. Mm-hmm. We're the history of America, just like mm. everybody else. But if you don't teach it. Because you want it to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want people to understand the horrors of America. Then this this is what we, we're left with. Mm-hmm. We're left with people who have migrated from different countries unaware of the trauma that's been inflicted on people. Mm-hmm. And then what do they do? They judge the people. Mm-hmm. You're going to judge the black people. And so when you see people judge, it leaves you with the question... Maybe they don't know mm. the history. Just miseducation yeah. and ignorance. Yes. And reason being is because it's left out of a lot of our history books. Mm-hmm. It's basically spoon-fed mm-hmm. what people want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we were spoon-fed about the Jews and the horror that they went through, would we sympathize with them how we do? Mm-hmm. No. Since we know about the gas chambers, since we know about um, kids being shot through roofs, since we know about Anne Frank's story, our heart goes out to them year after year. We don't mind feeling sympathy. And I feel going forward, if we bring awareness just to America, the good and the bad. Mm Mm-hmm. It will help because 2019, I feel like people are living in this blissful stage that going forward, we can continue having that. But we're going to keep on having these back alley problems. The police being scared of a race just because of the color of their skin. Really? Mm -hmm. Assuming (laughs) that they're going to be X, Y, and and Z, you know? Yeah. You're, You're deporting people. Really? Because you you guys said this is a place of refuge, and now you're saying, hold on, it's too many of y'all. 
You can't run here anymore, you know? So it's it's because we're not clearly aware. And I feel like with me and you taking that trip, it showed me so much. Mm-hmm. Even with having, because I told you on our car ride, you're my first white friend. Like, <laughs> this is so crazy saying this at 26. But I never spent a night over a white friend house before. I never really had a white friend Mm -hmm. because growing up in Detroit, we're very segregated. Mm -hmm. But I see why now visiting the historical place in Alabama, because I don't know if you remember reading, but it said 96% of African-Americans were here in the South. Mm -hmm. So all of us, even though we're from different places, in, in the states now, we're all from the South. So mm-hmm. we all were raised and homegrown with that Southern slavery mentality. It's probably been 40 years that people have been trying to shake that mentality, but we still have it deep-rooted in us. Mm-hmm. So I do think that a lot of the northern states are segregated because they feel like that's keeping the peace. Mm. A lot of the southern states are segregated because that's what they're used to, mm-hmm. you know? And now it's different cities that are integrated a little more than others, mm-hmm. but it's still very segregated. Yeah. It's still very segregated. And we're recording this, you know, in Atlanta, but we're a little bit north of the city where it is, you know, if you're just outside of that perimeter, you know, things things change and you're so right about about everything you've said. I remember going down, um, you know, with you, and when we were there, the thing that was most Im- uh, memorable to me when we first walked in was the guy, the manager said, oh, this is privately funded, and therefore we can say what we want to say. There's no uh, limitations. We don't have to sort of gloss over anything. And I remember saying, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, if this was government funded, we wouldn't be allowed to say a lot of this thing, you know, a lot of these things and, you know, really just lay the truth on the ground. And I thought, what? And he said, well, the government and America as a country don't want to take responsibility of this history. They don't want to acknowledge it. If that is not white privilege, you know, in an example, I don't know what is. Like, to, to be able to say, this is embarrassing, it's now not socially acceptable to behave like this anymore, so we just want to forget it and, and wipe it away. You know, it's horrific. And um, on a lighter note, because doing Uber has <laughs> opened me to many conversations. Mm-hmm. Conversations that I probably would not have normally had. Right. This lady, white woman gets into my car probably 12 30 at night and she's just leaving a gathering like a work gathering and she's pretty pretty drunk and she just starts babbling and she said i hate my male co-workers not only are they white man men of privilege but they treat us women like we're nothing Wow. And she was saying, she said, as a black woman, I know you got it hard. She said, because white men treat us like we're at the bottom of their shoe. So I just imagine how they treat you guys. This is what a white woman is saying. How did that make you feel, her saying that? Honestly, I didn't even care if she was racist or not. I was on her side Mm -hmm. seeing that 
people of privilege, no color added, people of privilege that has arrogant privilege mm. will treat anyone right. less than them. Take even the race out of there it. There you go. Take could the race be, out of you it. Know, money privilege. It could be, you know, where you come Job from. Job privilege, whatever. Yeah. People of privilege, mm. haughty privilege. Mm. And that's what happened to America. If you think about it, America hasn't been here 700 years, 1,000 mm. years. Right. They're really just hitting like a 600-year mm. mark. Well, it was. It just wasn't, quote-unquote, discovered. Right. Like, <laughs> we'll throw out, shout-out to the people who were here before because you definitely right, were real. You here. Yeah. <laughs> you were here. But America wasn't labeled and stamped America. Sure. Right. So What we know it now to be. What we know it now to be. So genuinely... When people came over here, even the Indians, some Indians got money hungry. If you look back in history, some Indians had the nerve to have slaves. You mean Native American? Yes, Indians? some Native American Indians. Really? I didn't had know that. the nerve. Oh, yes, yes. So the thing about it, and I do apologize for saying Indians, Native Americans, because I know Oh, no, I just like, didn't know if you meant yes. like Indians from India or oh, no. Native Americans. Native American yes. Indians. But, um, I just want everybody to understand that. We we do try to be politically correct. But, um, yes. We know you're not racist. It's all right, Christian. <laughs> but that's the crazy thing about greed. Mm. The crazy thing about motive. Yeah. You know? When white men came, mm -hmm. they seen motive. What is that? What I want to know is, what is it about white skin? Why? Where did that come from? Why why did that get decided that that was dominant and that was classed as better or the highest? Why? Well, I don't think that's everywhere. That's the funny part. Now that I have indulged in other cultures... What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking because the way you looked at me, it was a bit funny. <laughs> but... I have done my research <laughs> recently. <laughs> yes. And what I've realized is white privilege only goes so far. And we live in a country that has mentally been dominated by white men. Mm -hmm. Some white women, but white men. Because they would throw white women away too if they could. Mm -hmm. So go outside of our country every country isn't like that right you have your european countries that are fair skin farewell mm -hmm. you know and so forth but no a lot of countries were take taken over or taken over by a lot of european countries because they had more of the mental strategic mindset of how to manipulate people and to me i think that's worse when it comes to that god-fearing attitude that people want to have mm -hmm. because why would you want to manipulate god's creatures you know he right. doesn't even do that so why would you want to do that but when what i meant to say is in any sort of classic scenario that you think of you know where a, a people or a nation has been dominated and taken over. It's been by white men. It happened to the Aboriginals in 
or Aborigines in, in Australia. Mm -hmm. White people came over, took over the land, took over the people. Um, I think it was only recently that uh, the Prime Minister, like in the last 10 years, took responsibility and said, we're sorry to our native people, like even acknowledged that it happened. Wow. You know, South Africa, you, you go over there and I've been there and I spent a month there and the cloud of segregation is heavily hanging over that country. Beautiful country, but there's so many uncomfortable situations of, of walking into a bar and it's all white patrons and, and black faculty and it's like, hang on, what's... How this is their Africa? land. Like what, you know, mm -hmm. and white farmers coming in and, and taking all of the land and then renting it back out to black people for an obscene amount of money. So it's Australia, it's happened in South Africa. You know, it's happened in America. The Portuguese came over you know, to Brazil. And it's like, why is that? This Why is this white skin a ticket to dominance? I but just, it's mental. And that's why, mm -hmm. what I was trying to get to. When, okay, so mentally, when people are more intelligent mentally, I think sometimes they're a little more, um, and I, I don't want to use the wrong word, but I want to say devious. Mm -hmm. But and why, I, Why? and I'm not saying you personally, but why are we assuming that white people are more intelligent? I'm not saying that they're more intelligent. I'm just saying within that one area right. where you see how you can dominate mm -hmm. and you choose to use your intelligence in that one area to dominate. Right. Because that's not an area, every area. You chose to dominate them in weak moments. Mm -hmm. You didn't choose. Well, say, you come in with violence. There and... you go. You didn't. You didn't choose to say, okay, let's meet fifty-fifty and let's let the best man win. No, mm -hmm. every incident, incident where white men has taken over something, you either came in and steadied the people and took took their land, or you chose to use a different game that they weren't good at. Mm -hmm. So it's not saying that they're smarter. Right. They're just devious. Mm -hmm. They're using their smarts in a devious way. I see where that, yeah. other cultures and other people are just like, hey, this let's have us. fun. This right. is what we're doing. So, so they're caught off guard. Right. So white people have come in with whatever advancements that they may have experienced in their own communities or countries. And instead of going... And discovering new you. lands and, and saying, wow, let's, you know, how you and I have done now in present day, let's look at the beautiful sides of both of our cultures and histories and let's have a wonderful friendship. Instead of doing that, they chose to have that evil streak of, you know, being dominant and, you know, violent and corrupt. But I, I and, and this is not a question that maybe we can answer, but I just have that in my mind of like, why? Why, why is it? always white people and that's not me going why do white people always get the blame trust me i'm right. <laughs> i look at my own culture and and race and i'm ashamed in so many different ways but i just am like what what is that where did that come from why did it start you know what why is it the way it is is really the big question and i don't know if you ever heard but heard this before but a lot of bullies were bullied oh of course you know and when you look at and this is just being honest, when you look at the modern-day American woman, white woman, she is trying to keep up with every picture that she sees. 
She is trying to run her, her legs away, run her arm fat away, doing everything to keep up with this image that these white men created for this white woman. Mm-hmm. And she'll That's never be so happy. so powerful, Christian. Okay? Yes. Even with white men. Mm-hmm. You guys brung these black men over here thinking that these mandingos was about to work for y'all and they was really screwing y'all wife and <laughs> y'all were mad. So it was extra fuel to the fire. So now this white man is out in the sun basking thinking that he gonna get a tan to look black and he can't even look black. Mm-hmm. So now you guys both gave false images to build yourselves up to. So now this makes you more angry. This makes you more violent. This makes you more disgusted mm-hmm. in what you can't become. And I think even when I go down to Buckhead, I see so many women, like, once they hear that I can, you know, speak professional and have a great conversation, they're so willing to engage with me. And I start thinking to myself, I'm like, well, what if I was ignorant and black? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to engage with me to help me? better myself but you know what the thought that just crossed my mind when you said that is you said once they realize but that's saying that the assumption is that you're not yes and how terrible is that yes once they see that you're not a threat that you've got good vocabulary (laughs) that you interact with people like all the things that a normal person is you know once they see oh okay she's all right but how horrendous is that that just looking at somebody we make this judgment that they're not those things and and let me say this because it's not just white people mm. black people do the same thing to e- it, to each other you mean no, not even to each other a white woman if she come up and she too extra i'm like Mm-mm. and what Mm-mm. do you mean by extra extra is like Oh, I gotta get a suntan today. Oh, did I get my massage? Did I do this? Did I Another go to the phrase would be, store? she's doing the most. Doing the is most. Is what we would say. <laughs> okay. Darling, you're doing the most. But the Settle thing down. is, in their culture, she's not. Just like in our culture, speaking slang doesn't make you ignorant. It doesn't make you less than. Mm-hmm. It's just a comfort zone to a lot of us black people who have lived in that all of our lives. Right. But then... If she's going to get her tan, if she's going to her nail appointment, and if she is going to get her nanny, that doesn't make her, you know, any crazy. Oh, I'm laughing because it's true. <laughs> you know? it, But it doesn't make her any less than. I shouldn't look at her, like, in an uck way. But let's, let's you know? talk about, let's, let's get into this right now. If it did, why? Why would it irk you? Like, because I think there's a legitimate reason for that. The things that are coming to my mind of, you know, I could see it being, you know, again, here's this privileged woman. She's going, let's say she is going to get a nanny. She's going to do all of these things. Whereas somebody who historically has worked, had to work twice as much to get half, of course that would annoy you. Or I would understand if that would annoy you. Right. But see, the thing about it is I am, I'm a black person that, that has always lived in the middle. I have always lived on the fence. I can kind of see it from both ends. She don't. She doesn't know any different. Mm-hmm. That, to me, gives her a pass in itself. Now, if she was raised how I was raised, and she still came out that way, everybody from Detroit going to look at her like, girl, <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But she wasn't raised the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. When I sit 
going to Paul Mitchell, for example. I went to Paul Miss Mitchell in Roswell, That's Georgia. That's where we met. That's where we met. And that was a new eye-opener for me. Mm-hmm. To see women come get their color done or come, you know, get a blowout and to have conversations and some of them ask me, what I was I a British African, African British person or whatever? I was like I don't even know how you huh? that. How do you say a black that? British person? Black British person, you mm-hmm. know? And I was just like, hmm at first it was a compliment to me. Mm-hmm. But then my mom shined a different light on it. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, you know, I'm proud that I raised you guys to be very diverse. Mm-hmm. But it's an insult because I had to do that all by myself. And then they're giving a country, another country, credit for Mm. the great person you are. Right. Assuming that all African-American mothers wouldn't have the gall to raise their children like that. Like, my mom, like, she opened my eyes. Right. But then it opened my eyes to the what if. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the woman that's sitting in my chair, Mm -hmm. she doesn't know any better. Living in Roswell, it's like 54,000 white people to like 3,600 black people. Mm. It's a big difference. It's probably growing in number now, but it's a big difference. So when it comes to the realization that I had, she privileged, she ain't... Some of them don't even know they're privileged. Mm-hmm. I talk, I spoke with white girls at my school. They're like, I'm just so mad at my mom. She didn't give me this car. But they have a whole nice BMW sitting outside. And we were the same age. Mm-hmm. My mom is not studying getting me a car. She's like, when are you about to get me a car? Because mm-hmm. you're going to be a good hairstylist. Like, time is a ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like. We live different. It's just, it's just that mindset. It's funny that you said, yeah. you know, um, you know, she doesn't know. Basically, it's not her fault. And I remember you and I on the trip talked about that. And I, I made the comment that how sad it is that not only the culture of Black people have how much they have already been through throughout history, but they now have to take on the burden of educating those who are ignorant mm-hmm. like isn't that's just a sad fact in itself that going back to what you said about the education and how it's not taught in schools and it's not we don't have these conversations like you and I are having right now in every day people don't sit in coffee shops and go let's talk about the history of our country and how do you feel and and, and it because maybe it's not safe or they don't think it's safe but you know you're you shouldn't have to take on the responsibility of going can I just educate you for for a second? Because you're actually being incredibly <laughs> ignorant and privileged, and I just need to put you back in your place. You know what I mean? It's right, crazy. Right. But if our country, if our country would make it safe, then it will become safe. Mm. Just like with our president. Mm-hmm. For us to have the president we have in office right now, do you know how many political conversations has? have been ha- held over these last two years that probably would have never happened before. That's true. And and as somebody who, you know, as outspokenly as I've been, I do not enjoy our current administration. You know, I, I think that's, that is something good that's come out of this. It's, yes. It's highlighted things. It's pulled things out of the woodwork. 
you know, that, as you said, wouldn't have maybe happened before. I picked up this this lady again, late night, white woman. Same lady? From the gathering. Oh. Nope. <laughs> Different lady. <laughs> and she was not drunk. <laughs> um, from, I think it's called the gathering spot in Atlanta. Very nice, members only type of thing. And she was saying our vice president was actually there. So Our current vice a, president? Yes, oh, caught God. a glimpse Caught a oh, caught God. a glimpse of him, but no, it was a good thing because crazy thing. She was in my car for like forty minutes driving from Atlanta to North Spring Station, and we had a beautiful conversation. And I told her, I said, it was such a privilege to speak with you about political views because we sit on the opposite end. She's a Republican, mm-hmm. but. When administration is up in the air and you don't know where to go, you'll talk to anyone. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're all trying to understand each other's views. And we're like, okay, this doesn't work. But what could work to better both parties? Because we Mm -hmm. see if both parties are not semi-happy, it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. And so she left me a $20 tip. And on the comment, she said... You're beautiful. It was a beautiful conversation. And she also made mention to our political views Mm. and how open the conversation was. So I related that to me and your conversations because we're so open. Mm -hmm. And even though you were raised slightly on the opposite end, Mm You're very versatile in your mindset. And even myself, I was raised in a very segregated Mm -hmm. city. Even though people probably don't look at Detroit as segregated. It's funny, but But you live there, so you you understand it. Yeah. And so predominantly, no, not predominant, all black schools, probably one white kid. And that was like the token white kid. Really? Yes. It's so interesting to me as as a white British person hearing about life, you know, in these other parts of the world where it totally wasn't my experience. You know, I had shared with you before that I didn't see or remember seeing a person of colour until I was 10. Yeah. And that was only because I came to the United States and we have an honorary... Um, my mum has an honorary brother from Zimbabwe who I still to this day call Uncle Moses. And, you know, we love his family and, you know, we've been honorary families for decades um and I remember coming over and he was happening to be in the U.S. and I met him and and that was my first memory and there was not like any oh my gosh you know it was not like I'd been sheltered from it um it just wasn't my experience because I came from a very small town you know when I lived there um you know there was 9,000 people in the whole town and they were all white and I remember going through what we call secondary school and it wasn't until I was at the later end of secondary school that I started to see, you know, the, just the tiniest amount of progress. I think there was one black family that had moved into the town and there were, was a family that had two children that went, attended our school that were from Pakistan. And that was it. That was as, as diverse as it got. Yeah. You know, so going back to what you said earlier about, you know, that woman, well, she just didn't know better. Of course, there is an element to, you know, if you are you know, raised in a situation where you are only educated based on what's, you know, said to you, of course you're not going to be aware of everything. Um, 
And that that's, of course, how racism brews. And that's why we do have people that are prejudiced because their grandfather taught their parents and their parents taught them. And if the cycle doesn't stop, they will then teach their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't blame people for their upbringing. Um, but the thing I don't have any time for or tolerance for is we're, you know not educating yourself now. You're, it's 2019. The social climate is the way it is. Everybody has, well, in our we assume everybody has access to the internet, to social media, to the news, um, you know, to fair outlets of, of news. It's There's no real excuse not to be educated anymore. Um, and you, I don't think you can, and it is lazy to rely on that excuse of, well, my family is like this, or my family's from X, Y, and Z, and that's the way they thought. How can you, how can you blame me? That's the way it is. Very, you know, very lazy. Yeah, there's. I think there's so many opportunities to get educated, and maybe it does take a type, a certain type of person to go, you know what, I need to learn this and I'm going to speak to this person or make this friend or take this trip or read this book or, or whatever it is or how you like to say, do your research, you know. Um, but I just don't think there's an excuse really for being prejudiced and and uneducated anymore. And I don't know if you remember, but when I asked the manager, and I hate that I forgot his name because I keep saying manager. Marcus? Marcus? Marcus, yeah. I think that there was you it. Go. You're so good with names. I'm usually terrible. That was a rarity, <laughs> actually. But um, I asked him what culture was fond of the memorial site. Mm-hmm. Who actually walks in and is blown away Mm-hmm. by the art mm-hmm. of the site that mm-hmm. we were on for three hours, mm-hmm. three plus hours. Let's let's explain a little bit about what we what exactly what we saw because I was the one that said I wanted to do it. Yes. Because I had seen Chelsea Handler and Oprah go and and attend us and I'd sort of seen the news about it and I said I want to go. And I'd asked you if you wanted to come with me and I, I think we both looked at the website but we didn't really know what we were heading into did no, we no and honestly I was nervous that they were going to sugarcoat it mm. um and I remember telling you I want to see something raw mm-hmm. and you want to be moved truthful yeah I don't want to see the sugarcoating of what mm-hmm. our people endured because I feel like the Civil Rights Museum down here in Georgia, it's nice, mm-hmm. it's updated, but it's very sugar-coated. And is and that because it's government-funded? I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, but didn't he shine right. light on that? We, we laugh, but that's we the learned truth, that isn't it? We learned mm-hmm. the hard way yeah. that our government don't really want us to know the truth. Yeah. Um, but going down to Alabama, yes, Jess um, definitely educated me on the memorial site because I was not privileged to knowing this firsthand. So I did my research before I went and I was amazed um, by the reviews and also by how the writer worded the Mm -hmm. site. The Mm -hmm. site was intriguing, which is very rare because they could not show pictures. You didn't see many pictures on the site. You Mm -hmm. just seen that they had beautiful words from beautiful people giving great reviews and it was moving i wonder if they didn't give too much away on the website in terms of what the actual structure of the memorial looked like because they wanted that impact when you first yes yes you see why they didn't want us to record and take pictures and stuff yeah and I, i think that was out of respect and dignity as well the thing that shocked me is you know so you you pull up 
and and absolutely we want to plug the memorial like everybody should go i yes. think it's so important it's what did, it cost us ten dollars each to get to the $10 museum $10 and yes. the memorial there's a free shuttle between them it's free parking like and you it, have to do both yes it's amazing um so you go in and and the area where the gift shop is they had do you remember that wall with all with of all the, the sand and the, um, and the soil they the had soil. Yeah. i think if my memory is correct it was 360 different sort of large what i called look like sort of glass cookie mm-hmm. jars mm-hmm. and it was filled with different soils and sands of you know an array of colors and i didn't really know what it was and when you get closer you see that each um you know jar has a name a date and a location and it's the soil from the actual tree or place on the earth where somebody was lynched and they gave homage to that person by acknowledging their name and the date and as you mentioned earlier you know these dates weren't 200 300 years ago some of them were from the 1960s you know it was it was crazy and i remember going in and do you remember you first walk in and it's kind of looks like oh, there's not much here there's a few yeah, information like plaques. a conference area almost, yeah it's like yeah. You, okay there's a few plaques on the wall and whatever and then you turn the corner and that's when you see it and it's it's all of these as you said earlier these c- cylinder blocks that are hanging from the ceiling and as you move through the memorial they get higher and higher off the ground and we didn't really know what that meant and i remember when we met this manager who was incredible ended up telling us it's supposed to represent the physical hoisting of a person being hoisted up a tree you know with a noose around their neck and that is such a horrible phrase to say and and in the vein of being honest there was a moment before even saying that of just like I don't even want to speak these words but you absolutely have to you have to that's what this memorial is and why it's so important is it completely addresses smack in the face the raw horrors and and w- these people lived it. Why shouldn't we bear right. witness? If that's right. the least we can do, then that's what you should do. And that that man was amazing. You know, we I think he noticed us that we were we were really he taking did. interest and and I love that we came together and we would talk about things. And then you and I would go apart and look at things. And we were sort of experiencing it, you know, cohesively, but also on our own. And I think he just liked that we were interested because he did mention that unfortunately a lot of people go and just go, oh, checked that off the tourist box and maybe didn't get the weight and the severity of the place. And he very kindly gave us that private tour and really explained some things. And the other thing that was so shocking was was the lined walls of the different plaques just giving the reasons for why people were lynched. And I remember he said, oh, let me know when you find the reason that uh well, I can't remember any what good said. reason yeah any he, let me, reasonable let me know reason. when you find the good reason and of course he was being sarcastic because there's absolutely no reason and it was things like you know this man was lynched because he you know slipped a note to a white woman or you know this man was lynched because he complained about his neighbor being lynched it was like or he was overly successful right it, a uh, woman I don't know if you you she was frightened of him so therefore he was it was just barbaric horrendous demonic awful awful things um and it was extraordinary powerful and what's interesting about that day is as insane as that was um and i I think we probably spent about an hour or two there it what that wasn't even it it was the museum that knocked us for six you know we were there five minutes and the staff were handing us tissues you know that so, will you talk a little bit about your experience there? Because I want to hear it from your side. The museum was very, very mind-shattering because I love to indulge in black history 
in the history of the world, mm-hmm. but sensitive to our black history because I love what it does to me and my confidence in helping me like my ancestors laid down their lives for me to actually walk in 2019 with grace so I love understanding the memorial fueled rage back in my soul Mm. because the memorial of the museum the museum i do apologize the memorial gave me peace Mm. it was crazy interesting the memorial gave me so i felt like i was at a funeral but one of the most peaceful funerals i have ever been at Mm. because whoever put together the memorial put it together in a way where you could not do anything but respect it when you stepped foot in the door to when you finished around Mm -hmm. the the barriers of the last lane the resting place Mm -hmm. that all of the names were at Mm -hmm. Because they said it was 10 years of research and three years of actually building it. actually building it. And those cylinder blocks that were hanging from the ceiling to represent the lynching throughout the internal part of the memorial, they then replicated those same cylinders and laid them out out. as graves in the sun, which was so interesting. It was so multi-layered in in, in just the meanings of everything. But it was, was, you know, the resting place, you know, the resting place that they never got, the grave that they deserved. But yet the representation of them being out in the sun and not having any shade and, I mean, it was mind-blowing. Just beautiful. So that was so peaceful to me. Very educational, very peaceful. Get to the museum (laughs) and... Very first thing, and I think it's because I'm a mom now, 2019, 26 with a Mm five-year-old. It hurts me to go back in time, but I'm reliving it through a mother's eye. Mm. And that's where my emotional state was. To understand that children was ripped from their mothers. Mothers were ripped from their whole household. Mind you, it's 2019 and a man leans on us for half of their whole life. So I just imagine back in 1800s what the men were leaning on the women for. She was cooking, cleaning, making your clothes back then. Not just putting together something or going to Marshalls or TJ Maxx. She was physically making your clothes, physically making dinner, making sure the kids were fed, making sure they were bathed. To have that every single day and to hear a bell sound and that sound represent that somebody, family member, was was getting ready to be taken from their home enraged me. Mm. And it did because how dare you? How dare you as a group of people who's who basically say they worship God? Even now, I hate to hear that the South is the Bible built. I feel like that should be ripped out of the mouths of everybody who says it because it's not a Bible built. They did not respect the Bible in in the way that it should have been respect. They should be stripped from that name. Mm. The whole South, all 13 states, because at the end of the day, you did not put respect on what God gave you, which was the opportunity to help. Even if they came over here, you could still realize, okay, that was too much. 
what year was going to be too much? Mm. And when you look at that, you'll see that they put in too many years of hatred Mm. and not enough years of healing. When you realize the dialogue we have now and even the question that you asked me, how was my feeling with the museum? If we had more of them around, I would have been comfortable. Right. I would have understood that, hey, this is a museum I'm, I'm walking into. It's a lot of those places around here. In New York, that's right off the water. You don't think it was boats rocking up in there? Mm-hmm. You know, even... It's just crazy how they placed it. So let me give you guys the background because it's like when me and Jess talk, we know what we're talking about, but our audience don't. So the museum was actually at the, help me out with this. This it is was the they, selling block or. Well, it was two blocks from what they said was the busiest quote unquote. And I'm saying quote unquote because I hate that this is even a phrase. The busiest marketplace. Marketplace. In there the we South. Are. And yes. the museum was held in what they called the holding pen. Yes. Okay. So with that being a holding pen, they basically started started the I guess the visual will say because it's like a visual which is mind-blowing everybody needs to go um, but they start the visual by telling you that you are at the holding place and that already puts you in this you're in the history yeah you're it in already it. put you in this dark scary place in your mind almost as if you're witnessing it from their point of view you are and they have these what are those holograms Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and i don't know if they i don't know what you're gonna go on to say but because they were behind the 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 bars weren't they i and i want to know i don't know if those are the original ones or if they were put in as props i didn't ask that the bars Mm -hmm. hmm but they look really good. Like they look maybe it was very, set up. Yeah, because yeah. That, that was a question that crossed my mind. I said, because you know, obviously we're told we're in this place. I didn't right, know if that right. was like original holding cells with original bars. But it's it's crazy just to witness that because one of the holograms, it made me break down, and I was standing there for at least five minutes. I felt that I couldn't move. Like mm. physically, I felt like. I wanted to throw up because I felt in that moment that I could save 500,000 people if I needed to. The scrutiny of a mother calling out for her child sent me through the ringer. And that was like the second thing we seen. Mm. And that's what started my journey through the museum. Mm -hmm. So that's what enraged me. And then I took my rage from point A, point B to point C, and it collectively built. At the memorial site, site, I had no rage. Even with what we were reading, it just was a sense of peace. Mm. It's crazy. It was so peaceful at the memorial site. But the museum... Hearing that mother call for her child, 
seeing because we saw a video a quick video when you walked in seeing that dad get taken away from his family and then he's reminiscing as they have him in the back of this old riggedy raggedy truck he's reminiscing on kissing his family like if that does not make you cherish where you're at in 2019, I don't know what would, you know, mm. I don't know what we need. But as a people, black, white, Asian, whoever, we all need this. We all need to see that once upon a time, this not this is not just pertaining to one race, all races. Our people were in some type of hole. And that paved the way to mm. where we're at now. Well, that's always the way with ancestry, isn't it? You yeah. Know, what the ancestors before you sacrificed to, to give you what you have now. And it shows that a lot of people have the lack of respect for their, their ancestors and the same to other people's ancestors. Mm. So when we speak on, and this is going back to the, the, the white lady that we just basically built out of nothing... <laughs> The nanny taking, sunbed loving, <laughs> manicure massage. getting, massage enjoying, white lady. White lady. But when we speak on people like that, they don't even understand what their grandparents went through. Mm. You know, if you think about this, think about if this white man, he didn't took all of this land, he got all of these slaves, what you think his wife was to him? You know, mm. like if you look at it in that, if that's the type of person that he land, is, he, right? Yeah, you are just another scum to him too. Mm. So you are in the bed, probably getting raped. You are getting passed around. You are getting rubbed up when you needed to, and tossed away when you needed to. Mm. So they experience not the same thing. It's definitely not apples to apples. But y'all have. People have experienced hatred in so many ways mm -hmm. that instead of them speaking out about it, mm -hmm. they will want to point the finger and say, no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. You did. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, mm -hmm. I did too. But I was victim. That's the same. You know, hate is hate. Whether it's hate towards women, whether it's hate towards black people, yep. whether it's hate towards members of the LGBTQ community, whatever it is, hate is hate. And yes, it's not apples to apples. Um, you know, but each of those groups, and that's obviously only, I've only mentioned three groups that have experienced hate. There's obviously many, many people who are prejudiced against lots of different things in life. But, you know, hate is hate. And, and we can all experience empathy for anybody who's gone through yes. anything like that. Yes. So it's not the same, sure, but it's still feelings of oppression and disrespect and you know we experience that as women but that doesn't mean as a woman I've experienced what you have right. as a black woman you know it's it's and that's why the woman that we just made up in our head that's why I give her a pass mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you experience that as well mm -hmm. in your own way everybody has in their own way I look at some white young ladies and I feel bad for them because mm -hmm. some of them don't look like the picture their mom, dad, grandma, uncle, cousin wants to paint of white people. Mm -hmm. So what are you now? An outcast mm -hmm. of your own race. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do? You develop some 
confidence issues, some anger. You develop a lot of things that's going to make up the person you are. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do to umbrella or to shield that sensitive person you are? You become this racist person or you become this obnoxious person. To deflect. Or you, there it's you the go. classic. It's if you the, don't yeah. if you don't look at me, then, you know. Hey. So look at somebody else. It's over there. If you're, if you're looking at somebody else, you're not looking at me. <laughs> there you go. And and that's the thing. When I look at even even the young men that get in my car, mm. I see a lot of the young men like they be so cute and handsome. Some of them like white boys, and I'm like, okay, I look at my rear view like, you cute. You know you cute. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very very confident in the way they speak. Some of them will engage with me like, hey. I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be hip. I don't want you to think that I'm just this white boy sitting in the back seat. Mm. That's rude. So I'm going to overly engage to show mm. you I'm cool. Overcompensation. I, the, the thing is, I don't mind that, though, mm. because I may overcompensate. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I'm like, oh, do you need some air? You know, I might <laughs> change my voice a little bit, you know. I Because at the end of the day, we don't know what each other wants right. because we haven't even sat in the room for 30 minutes to figure it out. Right. So now we're overcompensating mm. for the 15-minute ride. Because yeah. we don't even have people around us that's right. like each other. Sure. So we can understand that it's okay. What do you think about the people that say it's time for black people to stop being angry about their history and about what they've been through? I think it's bull. You know, I think that that is a bunch of... You're allowed to swear if you want. Okay, cool. I think that's bullshit. Because at the end of the day... <laughs> yeah, I'm about to get a little... Be honest. Let's be honest. (laughs) So at the end of the day, I do feel that that's so inappropriate. And reason being is because when you sit up here and you go through a situation, say, for instance, if your mama mama was fat all her life, you're going to turn around and probably be the biggest health guru in the world. Why? Because you don't want to be fat. Why? Because you've seen that in your generation and you mm-hmm. know that's something that's there. If you've broken the cycle. If you've yeah. broken the cycle, you're going to try to keep the cycle broken. Mm-hmm. How? By educating people. You might show a photo of your grandma. You might be like, hey, girl, look at my grandma. Look look at what she was. This is why I'm not trying to be here. I don't want you here. Let's do this. Let's do that. So what's the difference? You have African-American people that are trying to just make it clear to say, hey, this is what happened, not only respect the situation, but going forward, respect the African-Americans that are stepping into new roles as leaders, Obama number one, hey. as as um, people that are influencing business decisions. Mm-hmm. We just had a black, our first black, is it first black governor or she, is it first, uh, the Woman. governor of Georgia? We have a, don't we have a black governor now? Or am I completely wrong on that? No. Oh, Atlanta. Um, the Atlanta mayor. mayor. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Yes. Um, yes. Now, yes. She looked black, at me but like Stacey Abrams. No, 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 no. I had to. No, because I had to hold on. I had to wait so I can. Get I my always tell together. myself, am I wrong? Or I could thoughts be. But, you know. No, 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 no. Stacey Abrams ran against. Um, um, I forgot his name. It's going to come back for come back to me for governor. But he actually won, which. He's he was already enrolled. Okay. Um. So, but no, first black mayor. Yes, I mean woman mayor. Beautiful, beautiful for the city of Atlanta. Um. But I feel that 
People saying that they should get over it is a sign of weakness, just being honest. Mm. Because you don't want people to shine the light on something that can reoccur again. If if black people, and this is going to go out to my black people who watch this or listen to this podcast. If we keep being money hungry, we about to go back to being slaves. Let me say that again. If we continue to be money hungry, we're going to repeat slavery all over again. Because all they need is somebody who needs something to make them they bitch. Okay? So quit needing a dollar and 15 cents. Learn how to get it for yourself. Thank you. But I want to say this. Slavery can repeat itself. All it takes is some incompetent people and some people that think they they can outsmart the incompetent. So you need to be a step ahead, which means educate yourself on slavery. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself on the past. Even when it comes to what I said about the weight loss thing, if you were a person who was in an obese family, you wouldn't want people to forget like, oh, that was 20 years ago. Y'all ain't obese no more. Out of sight, out of mind. No, you're going to want to keep that in the forefront because Mm. you're going to say, this is the reason why I'm now this way. This is the reason why I drink smoothies every morning. This is the reason why I do this Mm -hmm. with my daughter. This is the reason why I raised her in a diverse setting because I don't want all of us black people to migrate to one area and European America control that one area. What is it? Slavery all over again. They don't have to keep you behind their houses now. All they got to do is put you in this one location. Mm-hmm. All of us going to migrate to it. The population of black people going to be a million black people. We going to work at all their Walmarts, all their Starbucks. We going to work at every business of theirs that's making them billions of dollars. And all our dollars are doing is keeping us alive. Mm-hmm. That's slavery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we don't get that mm-hmm. because we're uneducated. And when the manager, Marcus, told us that some of the black people walk in and don't even take that memorial serious, Mm. that was so inappropriate. But you know why they don't take it serious? Because some black people be like, oh, slavery, that's done with. They have the same mentality. Mm. So that's why I was saying, it's not just white people. That mentality almost transcends race. And that in itself is a raceless mindset. Yes. that, That ignorance or or the unwillingness to become educated and and learn and and reach those levels of being self-actualized, that's just a certain mindset that anybody can Can have. have, Yes, because you don't have to harp on it. And this was something that my my husband, (laughs) it's very hard right now. It's complicated. (laughs) But this is something I learned in my relationship because Will actually eased my mind on a lot of things because I used to go above and beyond Mm -hmm. with researching and staying up at night and making him watch videos and me crying and getting upset and he really helped me to understand that you can educate yourself on it but you don't have to dive in it and Mm -hmm. become it that hatred what I built up at the museum That was becoming of what transpired. 
reading those things, that was just becoming like that was putting hatred in my body. Mm -hmm. And then what am I going to do? Spill that at the next person that I come across that I don't feel like have the same views I have, Mm -hmm. you know? Did you feel our drive there was different than our drive back? Definitely. In what way? Definitely. I feel like it was different because the museum and the memorial was so unexpected. Mm Mm-hmm. I think learning about all of that stuff with a person where it's like we know each other, but we don't know each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm scared to say these white people can suck my they can really, like, I'm scared to say that because then I don't know if you're going to come to their rescue and then we're going to be arguing, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, mm-hmm. I was, I'm was, i scared. Just like how you were saying, you were scared of certain things. It's like, my ride back is like, mm, mm-hmm. I'm sitting Well, here you there, are having you all know? these legitimate feelings towards, you know, the, the race of people that we've just seen at this museum memorial to be responsible and here I am close my mouth and close my eyes a representation of those people of course she would feel that way but it's crazy because what I realized actually thinking about it I was like you bring me mental peace because you're nothing like that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you know like when I was telling you on the way there you had people that was pro-black. Mm. I hope that you understood that when we got to the museum and mm-hmm. you seen white people actually pro us. Like when you read certain things, they were saying like how some white people die. They wasn't just killing Negroes. They were just dying by association yeah. because they were pro-black. They did mm-hmm. not understand that the mm-hmm. why did skin color make a push difference. us mm-hmm. away like this so and when you say pro-black to you that means somebody who is for the advancement and independence and success of black people yes and yes. that it's somebody who would join the protest for equal rights and you know not not do what's easier and safer is to go well it's nothing to do with me i'm not that's not mm-hmm. me i i just got back from, from a trip to new york where i visited the the jewish heritage museum and they had an a uh, Holocaust memorial. And there was a quote uh, by a reverend that said, you know, when they, and I'm going to butcher it and, and not, not say it correctly, but it was along the lines of, you know, when they came for the social Democrats, I didn't speak out because I wasn't one. And when they came for, you know, the next group of people, I didn't speak out because I wasn't one. And when they came for the Jews, I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Jew. And when they came for me, there was no one left to speak for me. And that was, I mean, the whole memorial was was incredible. And I'm terribly sorry I didn't say that um, quote properly. But that was the most impactful thing to me. That was beautiful. And when they came for me, there was no one left to speak for me. Because everyone else had gone and I didn't speak up for anybody else. So when you say pro-black, I 100% get it. And I consider myself pro-black. I absolutely believe in all of those things. Because why should we not stand up for the things that are right and we know that the time is always right to do what is right. Yes. Just because it doesn't, we don't fall under that category. Just like the same with gay rights, you know? 
why if you if you identify as as straight or you don't consider yourself to be a part of the LGBTQ community, why should you not stand up for those right. people's rights? Right. Because it's about humanity. And I was just going to say that um, a lot of people say they believe in the Bible, and I am now at 26 learning a lot about myself and my religious views and my godly views. Mm. I am learning Isn't it funny to how they're different? Them. Yes. And reason being is because my religious views would have me very prejudiced. My godly views have me very open and loving and accepting. Just that, those two sentences right there, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. Your religious views would have you being prejudiced, but your godly views would have you being loving. Yeah. And it, and it's simple. But if people don't learn how to separate mm-hmm truly what god is if you look at the creatures of this world you see how tropical he is and Mm -hmm. he wants us to be Mm -hmm. if you just look at the creatures alone Mm. but then let's go into the food let's go into the cultures let's go into the 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 land let's go into the seas like we have so many things that's totally different than each other. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that God put all of these different things on the earth for us to battle mm-hmm. against each other and say which ones are greater? And when and you, we were all made? 100%. And when you come back to the history, I know what you're going to say. We all come from Africa. <laughs> like when you, I mean, honestly, Christian, when you when you strip it back like that, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, and I, again, oh, so terrible. I need to do more research before we do these podcasts. But <laughs> that the wonderful lady that I think she's a professor and she was on um, Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk. Yes, okay. And they're doing a, a, a topic on racism. And she says, you know, it's, it's literally the different amount of melanin in your skin. And that's the difference. And so when you see somebody of a different race from you, she says, you're supposed to say, hey, cousin. Yeah. Because that's literally what it yeah. is. You and I are no different apart from a, a level of, uh, you know, vitamin in our skin. Yeah. And we all originate from Africa and we all spread out from there. And, and when you strip it back that far, it's really ridiculous what's happened. Because it doesn't make sense. And even if we didn't, you know, and, and I feel like, what people don't realize, even if we didn't, even if somebody dropped us out of turds and some of us out of the front of their vagina, we all are God's creatures. Mm-hmm. I don't get how people don't see that. But then they say they believe in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You can't if you don't see mm-hmm. where the hypocritical side of racism mm-hmm can land you on the opposite side of God. Well, people can always take, and let's let's say a Bible verse, for example, if, if that's what they're taking, and make it work for them in whatever situation. You know, there's people that take uh, Bible verses and they use it to justify being homophobic. They use it to completely justify slavery. They use it to justify that women shouldn't have a voice there's always a reason you know and and again going back to swiping that white privilege card um you know if it if it means an easier life for you then of course you're going to make it make it work for you you know I I was writing um a little bit after our trip and I was sort of just processing everything and and I came up with this sort of written piece of and I was saying the most important thing I got out of it was that if you Ha- and I don't know why, you know, this this white skin 
is an automatic privilege or you get this VIP card that you can swipe whenever you want. And if you want to, you can pretty much have, as a white person, an unchallenged, easy life in terms of, you know, the general things in life. It doesn't mean it's without suffering, of course. Um, but, but you can if you want to. But if you have what this world has deemed privilege, you absolutely must use it for those who are, who are marginalised and who are the major- who are the minority. I just think that that was the most important thing I got out of that is that just like we were talking about, if you if you have the opportunity to do what is right, then the time is always right. And like you said, if you, you can always find something to justify, you know, an ill behaviour if it benefits you. And that speaks about that person on that individual journey. But I think for me, you know, the way that the world is going to move forward is, is doing what you and I are doing now. And what we've done is is you grab somebody who's different than you and you go sit at a coffee shop and you talk about things. I remember when I was travelling, I can't remember where I saw it, but, you know, something said somewhere is, you know, you, you grow by talking to people who don't have the same first language as you and who weren't raised in the same country as you and who are of different nationality and and have different political views and that's how you grow and that's how you learn, you know? So that that's my hope for our generation because that's who we can hope for is our current generation and yeah. our children. I think the biggest problem is it's a lot of followers and with it being a lot of followers a lot of people are stuck in their ways as far as getting to know one another so my advice to the new generation our generation and generations to come branch out not only in your youth but as adults it's nothing wrong with going to a new club that's of a different culture it's nothing wrong with going to school across town just to try something different. If you continue to follow people, you will continue to run into butts, and that's not cute. Mm. You want to step on the side of someone and walk at the same pace, if not faster, because we're trying to get to this destination, and that's to actually explore, to learn, to grow and be better than we once were before. Mm -hmm. So I will tell everyone, racism started by being followers. Someone followed what was comfortable and it led to more people following what's comfortable. If we want to end what we know as racism, If we want to end what we know as all this hatred, this violence, this ridiculous disrespect, then we need to get out of our comfort zone and speak to people. I am a Detroit native and I never had white friends. I never had friends of different races. I am outside of my comfort zone and I have been outside of my comfort zone for seven whole years being in Georgia and it has been the most amazing feeling Mm. I will would challenge everyone to do the same Mm -hmm. whether it's in your hometown or somewhere else just get out don't be racist be happy be healthy and enjoy life Mm. well I just want to tell you how much I love you and how much I value you as a friend I just think you're 
amazing this Thank could not you. have been more important and more beautiful and i'm i'm proud of us yes for, for handling <laughs> it with such respect and light and you know love because that's that's what's important thank you so much for coming on thank and being you, a guest Jess. you're the best thank you beautiful Thank you for joining us on this episode of Let's Be Honest. Be sure to follow us across social media using the tag Let's Be Honest, the podcast. And tune in next week for a very special episode. Bye.